Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And happy Wednesday, May 24. I say that carefully because right here, this says Tuesday, uh, the uh, 23rd. We are taping this today on Tuesday. You'll see this in the morning. Wednesday, May 24, it's going to be good with David Herzog. You're going to enjoy it. Lots of good revelations and reports on Israel, prophetic, and all of that. So it's going to be good. A uh, quick reminder of how, how, how your support is enabling our wonderful uh, villagers of Uganda to, to get fresh water. So let's run that real quick. The, the villagers have got to walk all through this dirt and this, this swamp to go and pick water. To show you this is to really let you know you are not only uh, doing history but leaving a legacy because from from this water to clean water you have eliminated all diseases there are many communities that, that are still struggling and suffering uh, so we continue to pray with you and continue to pray with us that we shall continue to lift up the standards of living of our people and that they can be free from all sicknesses god bless you we are now we are now heading to the launch of a wonderful gift that you have donated yeah. to elevate these people from this level to the that. level now you're gonna see. It's up for you. We thank you. We thank you so much for alleviating this community from bad contaminated water. And we pray that God blesses you so much. We are going to open it and launch it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And on behalf of Elijah Stevens, I hand over this hall to the leaders and to the people and I dedicate it to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and everyone who says, So let us see whether we have some water. And pretty soon we're going to, maybe in the next week, a uh, few weeks, I don't want to say exactly how many because I don't know how long it will take, we're going to be announcing a uh, Elijah Streams tour. Uh, maybe the tour might not be the right word. Um, visit to this that location, and, or not that specific well necessarily, but in the uh, Field of Dreams Village there where they have short-term missionaries come. For 10 days or whatever and we're gonna we're gonna put that together the 40 or 50 of you will who will be first in will get to go and then you help it's a, probably considered a working uh, visit of this village because it'll put you to work and do different things and everything's volunteer you go out into the different villages you'll see these wells that are dug so some of you are going that's for me i'm going to that um, it'll be february when we go i think uh, is what we're talking about so we'll uh well, announce that soon. So you got to be in there quick because it'll fill up the same day. So, all right. Now, Cat Carr the, this afternoon sent in an audio, a word of the Lord for you. So we're going to go ahead and play that right now. Go ahead, Emily, and play Cat Kerr's word. These are the days of the glory of God when the Spirit of God will come upon us and we will step out. We will visit whole cities where we step onto the ground and shockwaves of his glory begin to penetrate the darkness and shatter it. That's what's about to happen on this earth. I hope you're ready. I hope you've prepared yourself. Make sure you're spending time with the Lord. You'll need his instruction. These are days that have never happened before. This is what God's purpose is, to give us great authority and dominion on this earth. 
against all darkness. Even the cities will be separated, cities and regions of light and cities of darkness. I cannot wait for that to happen. I am looking forward to it. This has always been part of his plan. It was not to be apart from us, but to us to be with him and to work with him and directly work with heaven and be a part of what heaven is doing on this earth. So look forward to your life. Don't fear anything, but be ready to spread the power of the living God in this world and see millions of lives change immediately. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I pray for you. I lift you up to be filled with his glory and with his wonder. In Jesus' holy name, so be it. Amen. So I'm very glad that she sent that in. I hope maybe we'll have some of those from time to time. I didn't actually know that was coming, so I was very uh, a treat when it showed up in my inbox and we quickly rushed it to emily to prepare for it so that you could hear it right away very very good thank you so so much so okay so it's time to bring in david herzog so here we go and there he is mr david herzog so we tried this while you were in israel uh we tried we couldn't get a good connection so we had to bag it so we were back here in the good old united states yeah, great to be back home, but it was an awesome trip. Yeah, the connection wasn't good. We thought it would be good, but it yeah. wasn't. Well, so tell us about your trip. I know we, we've got a video and we've got some, um, uh, maybe even show his family p- pictures, guys, while he's talking. But tell us about your tour and who you brought over and where you went and all that. Yeah, we had a team of people. Some of them were from our school of ministry. We had a three-month school last year. Some of them were from all over the U.S., Some from a few from other countries like France, Singapore, Australia. And we went everywhere. And what we do when we go to these places, we tap the sites. So we go to Bethel, for instance. And in Bethel, we lay down. Our tour guide thinks we're crazy every time. And we play some music and we get visions and we get dreams. And so the vision I got was very clearly, I saw the map of Israel. This is before the Gaza thing happened. And I saw four main areas that would be targeted. The, the middle, the bottom level near Gaza, middle near Tel Aviv and right above it. And I, we didn't know anything was going to happen. And then the next day... Gaza, I guess the, uh, Israel had taken out the Gaza leaders. And then we were in Tel Aviv the next day. And I said, let's do a meeting. We had a glory meeting. The power God hit the meeting. And then I saw in the spirit, I said, we need to pray tonight for Tel Aviv. And we pray. And then the wow. next day, and, and the next day, we're at the hotel. The missiles are above our head. And there's a, and you show, you'll see the video. So we go to these places and we get, receive the impartation of Elijah's Mount Carmel. We go to Bethel and people, their vision and prophetic opens up very clearly with confirmed, you know, like they went to heaven, saw Jesus, and the next day things are happening. Uh, we go to, you know, Jerusalem. So really you go there and you're getting major impartation. We don't just like stand there and just read the archaeological history. We actually tap the portal and then bring it back home. And people- that's it. I hadn't heard that term. You're tapping a portal. In other words, other people will say there's an open heaven over. Is it kind of the same? They all mean the same thing? Someone will say well, there's there- an open heaven and then they'll seek well, to- there- there's, geogra- there's there's heavenly portals, there's seasonal portals, like during the feasts. Yeah. Then there's ge- then there's geographical portals. So when I read in Genesis, it says, Bethel, this is the gate of heaven. It's one of the four key gateways to heaven in Israel. There's four key cities that God said, you know, so this is, it's, and Jacob had a dream. So I went there. We were the first tour ever to actually try to tap that portal. We were at the time with, I think, Sarel Tours, and they said, no, it was the biggest company at the time. Nobody goes here. You need a bulletproof vest. Or you need a uh, you need a bulletproof bus. You have to rent a soldier. Wow. 
with a gun, machine gun in those days in 2003 because of the intifada so we were going during the intifada and and we're like we're so crazy we're so hungry we know we're supposed to go there we'll risk it and we did it and now, wow. lot, now, now more tourists are going there so when we go to israel it's not just a tour it's a and you know people are getting saved we weren't even trying it's not like our outreaches that we do we like i was baptizing people in the jordan and these people just jumped in the line they're not from our group we're oh, really? they, they were from your group no, not at all. You know, you have your own group thing. And these guys just jumped in the line. I'm like, uh, excuse me, who are you? And, and so I, and they're, they're from Colombia. And so I had a guy that speaks Spanish on my tour. I said, ask them, are they born again? I can't just baptize them if they're, you know. And they're like, no, not at all. They're just Catholics, you know. I said, well, tell them that they must be born again if they want to be baptized. And they said, yeah, we want to be born again. We don't, we want to know Jesus in that way. So I led them to the Lord and I baptized them right there. Wow. Then we go to the Jesus, we go to the Jesus boat and I come off the boat and this girl from our tour, she's from Australia, but she's Hong Kong descent. She goes, David, these two Arab girls want to talk to you. I'm like, why do they want to talk to me? They heard about you. They heard about me. And I said, wait, what did you tell them? Oh, I told them that you had miracles like, like, like you know, people losing weight and all this kind of, all the signs of wonder and their age reversal. And they're very curious, but they're like early 20s, you know? And I said, uh, I didn't know if they're Israeli or Arab. You can't tell sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They go, we're Arab. And I start telling about Jesus and the miracles and how he's real. He goes, we grew up, she, we grew up her all our life. Jesus, you know, sites about Jesus, but we never actually seen the power of God or know it's real. Then they're Muslim. And I and I let him to South. They go, would you like to know Jesus personally? And I explained the whole salvation message. And they're like, yes, I need something in my life. I go, wow. well, Jesus could do anything for you. What would you ask him for? That's how I started with the evangelism. And he said, she said, well, I need peace. You mean like peace in Israel? No, my own heart. I go, only Jesus can bring peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And they go, okay. And they just got saved. The people were just getting saved. They're just jumping in the boat. We're not even trying. They're coming to us. And that's not even the outreaches that we do on purpose. That's just by accident. And like, so it was amazing, amazing uh, everywhere we went. You know, and I have to say, you know, I, I've known you for, I don't know, seven, eight years on and off. Uh, uh, you know, you, you and I did a conference at the same place with uh, Joe Hunter, I think is when I first met you. But uh, you kind of, this kind of follows you. This is kind of like the life that you live, isn't it? It's kind of normal for you. I love it. I mean, it should be normal for all of us, yeah. but we did, we did pray, Lord, even while we're visiting sites, touch the people, let unsaved come to the Lord. Let, And so the more you do it, it's like the prophetic, right? The more you use it, the more it, it grows. Yeah. So the more, the more you're looking, like we all have opportunities to witness all the time, but we don't realize them. Like you see a guy in line at this grocery store, he's kind of limping. You go, oh, you know, you might even ask him, what happened to your arm or something or your leg? Oh, I got a car accident. Oh, too bad. Instead of going, oh, can I pray for you? We, we, we don't wow. think. So they're all over, but we just don't realize it, I think. Are you, okay, so um, I have not made a lifestyle that myself as far as praying for the sick, and that, and you do. So if I, not that I go to the store that much, it's kind of dreamed us more than that. But if you end up be, behind someone and they got a broken arm, do you just automatically attempt to pray for that person? Is that most a regular? Yeah, most of the time, because the scripture doesn't say, if you feel that, it just says, pray for the sick. Preach the gospel. But now it depends on your gifting. Now you're prophetic more yeah. than healing. So, so you might get a word about their life. Like, you know, hey, yeah. I, you might say, hey, how are you doing, ma'am? Oh, I'm having a tough day. Yeah, God showed me something about a boyfriend. And oh my God, how did you know he just broke up with me? Boom, and you're in. And can I pray for you? So yeah, it, wow. doesn't, it doesn't have to be healing all the time. It could be feeding yeah. the poor. It could be, so it's not, you're not stuck with just healing, but it is a, a good one because it's easy. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, we need to have you back more on, on even on that. We do a whole a whole um, show about, you know, Jesus interrupted. There's different names for it. You know, I mean, 
John Weber used to call it doing the stuff, you know, he just go everywhere yeah. doing the stuff, you know, he it was a good, a good term. Power evangelism. Yeah, yeah, power, power evangelism, and then he is doing the stuff. So, well, let's talk about that video you took. I When I saw this, I thought, I thought this must be from a news thing, but you took your yeah. own iPhone out and shot that? Yeah, yeah, that was me. I was in, I was getting a sandwich for my wife. She's in the hotel, and I, and I hear the missiles, and I saw two right before it, and then I look up, and right above my hotel, you'll see my hotel on the right, that's, a missile and you see the end of the missile or the iron dome taking it out so this this what when what and i saw it the other day uh and i've cut it's kind of fresh in my head but there were multiple hits by the iron dome hitting other missiles coming in right is that what yeah so basically the, so the iron dome is their defense so every yeah. missile that came a thousand missiles came and basically only one 80 year old woman died imagine out of a thousand missiles so they're like 96 percent accurate 98 percent and so basically any missile that comes, that thing will target it and shoot it out of the sky before it even hits, hits anybody. Wow. All right. Well, let's, go, let's go ahead and watch that. Here we go. People are running see over there? from the beach. Oh, yeah, it's getting close. It's a missile that just blew up over there right above us. Iron Dome blew up a missile. People on the beach are running off the beach and running inside wow well is that all of it i want to make sure i was thinking i'd seen one where there was some other hits and maybe that was a news one that i saw so really good really good david oh thanks yeah i thought yeah. i better catch it. and then what happened is everybody left the beach so i told my i just told my wife hey let's go swimming now so literally half an hour later we just went swimming with hardly anybody at the beach it was great so was there's so no good. fear and the weird thing is it felt zero fear Literally, I looked up and I even made a joke to someone sitting at this restaurant. I said, oh, it's like the 4th of July, you know, a fire. And they were laughing. Like, you don't feel the th any threat whatsoever. Like, yeah. I feel as safe as I am right now talking to you. It's well, right. And then our, our group leader, who's, uh, I can't think of it, I, I, oh, IGT, I think is uh, International Group Travels, uh, but with Bo, he, I asked him before we took our 300 people, I said, now this stuff, this war is going on that just started up again. Is this going to be safe? And he said, Steve, what people don't realize is that both the Jewish community and the Arab community want, they make their living from tours. So they don't want the tours not to come. So they tend to fight in areas that there are not tourists. They yeah. don't want, they want you to be safe so they can keep fighting and they can be fighting over there. So that's, that's something for people to know too. So, so we, we heard of some people that backed out of the trip because they'd heard about this war, but they didn't understand they weren't going to be within a country mile of anything like that. So well, they say that more, more people in America are afraid than the ones in Israel watching the news about Israel. <laughs> That's interesting. That's really interesting. My, my, my dad was my dad was worried. Are you okay? I go, yeah, we're on the beach. We're, we're, we're have one day in Tel Aviv. We're in the Dead Sea now having a coconut water. No, we're fine, Dad. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, if you're driving around the bus, you'll see all these groups of uh, people wearing olive green IDF uniforms, girls and guys, young kids, really. But they're yeah. buff because they've been working. You know, they're they're, they're they're they mean business. They've been trained hard. But they're yeah. walking around with these big. Uh, well, I don't know if they're AK forty sevens. I don't know what the gun is, but it's it's a beast, you know. And, and the girls and the guys are carrying these things. So yeah. you, 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 if something happened, they would be on that, you know. So yeah, it's probably uh, safer there. They say that most cities in America walking around like you can rock on at midnight pretty much anywhere in Israel. Where in the U.S., that's not the case. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I felt very safe there. And by the way, you said we went in 2000. We were three years before you, and it's also with Sarl Tours, 
um, and that was 35 people in a bus. That's the only that was the first and the smallest we've ever done. So wow. this was this was a one bus tour for you. This one, right? Yeah, we did. We uh, we just did a, we wanted a smaller group so we can change our schedule if we had to. We felt like the Lord said, "I'm sending you to Israel to be a prophetic intercessor and decree things." And I told the group that before we went, we're going to be there at a strategic time. I don't know what's going to happen, but our prayers will be very needed. And it's exactly what happened. And you know what? That gives me a, a, a really sense of comfort because Robin Bullock was his first time in Israel. He's a major prophet. I mean, I've watched his life. And almost every stop, he got off and prophesied and declared peace over Israel. God told him, you're wow. here to declare peace. Yeah. Uh, and and what what that means is if you weren't doing what you were doing there and Robin wasn't doing what he was doing and a whole bunch of intercessors weren't doing what they were doing, they'd probably be all out war. You know, well, plus there's the 21 day fast worldwide where millions are praying and fasting for Israel. Mike Bickle from IHOP, Kansas City, he launched this thing. You know about that, right? Yeah. Oh, I had days. heard about it. Yeah. So 20, it's right now up until the 28th. And this is before the war. They felt we need to pray for Israel worldwide more than any time in history. So millions right now praying for 21 days up until May 28th. So the, again, the timing is really, and they didn't know all this was going to happen. They probably thought maybe the protests, but it, it was more than that. So it's oh, good. So we're, well, we're part of history, Steve. Yeah, it, totally, totally, totally. So, uh, well, let's see, where do we want to go? There's so many things we talked about. Um, what? Let's talk about prophetically um, anything else related to Israel before we move on to that, because you had given yeah. us some notes about it. Just kind of share with some thoughts that are coming to you. So we have to watch Israel, because if you want to know prophetically what God's doing in the nations, you got to look at Israel. Most prophetic people, if they ever do get things wrong, they're usually wrong on timing because they don't look at Israel first. So there'll okay. be like, like January the 1st, something new is happening. Well, no, that's the Roman calendar. So they don't understand times and seasons, how God sees it. They might be right on the thing they're saying, but wrong on timing. So when you get Israel right, that it helps. So Israel right now, if you watch Israel, you'll know what's going to happen in America usually. But Israel right now, they're going through a season where they're going to have to, there's going to be some wars and stuff. Come, they're going to have to take out Iran's nuclear thing very soon here, but they'll win. Then they'll create a backlash. They'll win that one. Then there'll be then there'll be a lot of anti-Semitism because even last year when the Gaza thing happened, Jews in America were being attacked on street corners in New York, L.A., eating in cafes because of the war in Israel. They were attacking random Jewish people in America. Gonna, it's going to cause a migration of people wanting to come back to Israel even more from the USA, which hasn't happened in great numbers as it has in Europe. There's like five million Jews here. So, but at the same time, Israel's going to prosper like crazy. They have oil now. They have huge agriculture they're they're selling food to the world so it's going to go through two years of kind of turbulent but god's setting it up for a reason to bring his people back just think about it. if you're jewish why would you want to leave america right now you know you're making money uh you know you have a good life and you look at the news in israel you're like oh no i don't want to do that but if things were to crash here economically and the people start blaming the jews so the finances aren't good and they hate you you probably want to go back to israel and yeah. you look at Israel, and Israel's prospering, and they're doing great, and their economies. But you start, so you, that's going to be the shift you'll start seeing. But also, souls are going to get saved more and more and more in Israel as the times get intense. We're just seeing them jump in the boat. The fish are just jumping in, like, "Hey, I, I want to know what your Jesus thing. Tell me." Like before, they never would want to know, and now they're very curious. There's something happening. So the next two years, a lot of the biblical stuff that has to happen. The Bible talks about certain wars that have to happen, but God shows His strength through it. So that's going to happen. And then the U.S., you know, we're parallel nations to Israel. So we're going through some turbulent, I mean, we're going through it now. But we obviously see some turbulent times are coming here as well. But if you if you pray for the peace of Israel, 
So for America, what I oh you want to go to America now or just? Oh yeah, here? go ahead, go ahead and slide into right, that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So for America, what I see is it's it's like Egypt. So Egypt was severely shaken to the core, but God's people were blessed more. God's people actually were blessed more in the shaking than any other time in history, which is a pattern God uses. Isaac, in the year famine, he reaped a hundredfold. Yeah. So it, Egypt, so when God's dealing with America, he's dealing with the demonic strongholds. He's not trying to hurt the church. He's pruning these, pruning the church, you know. So, so you're going to see the economic, the corruption in the economic, economic system, Federal Reserve, all that. That's going, that's already started. But you're going to see, but it hasn't affected us yet. We saw a few banks crash, but we're living our lives still good now. But it, something big is coming, and God is saying, get out of Babylon, get out of the. There's a system that's demonic in the in the financial system, and slowly people are starting to kind of unplug from that and create their own systems that are more God based. So there's going to be a lot of shaking in the political. We know that economic, social, everything is going to be like Egypt. When they were leaving Egypt, everything hit Egypt, the, the water system, the, 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 the plagues, the sicknesses. But God's people that were under the covenant, under the blood, if they had that, not only were they protected, they were prospering. They had light. Other cities had darkness. You know, there's a, there could be a possibility where some states or some cities that powers knocked out or a hack or a, an EMP strike. And, and then other cities that have more spirit of revival and righteousness and prayer groups and unity, they have light. Like somehow their power didn't get knocked out, but the city next door did. So it's going to start, you're going to start seeing separations of states and cities. It's not just one, it's not just the country as a whole. There'll be a refuge, Goshen states and areas, and there'll be other areas devast, devastated. But those devastated areas will be open to the gospel. That's where the harvest is going to be. You know, what you just said, you may not have heard this word that Kat Kerr just gave an audio, you know, audio version. It wasn't a video. She said there will be there will be glory, glory cities that you can move to that that's coming. I don't know if you oh, heard wow. her say that. Yeah. So no, you kind of you're kind, when, when, when you played it, I can't hear the audio. For oh, OK. Oh, you couldn't. OK. So, yeah. So that's good. I mean, that that's two, that's a, by the mouth of two huh. witnesses right there. There'll wow. be cities you can go to and then the other places you can go to and evangelize. And so. Um, wow. Yeah. And then you can bring in supplies and food. I've been saying this for about two, three years now, about go, since about 2021 or 2020 Goshen areas. And some people are called to create Goshens like like and that could be spiritually, physically, financially. I was in Thailand last year and I, there's ministry. They had Goshens all over the country. They're really? their food. They make their own silver bar. They got to give me a silver bar with his ministry name on it. And it wasn't it wasn't the bullion bars from oh yeah, what the, these guys are already ready. Like they're ready for the whole whatever, and they evangelize, they win souls, they plant churches, they're just growing. So so I see a shaking in America, but the shaking, you know, when, when we win souls, it's much easier to win souls outside America. I was just in Argentina. People are getting saved like crazy. Uh, anywhere I go, but in America, we see them, but you don't see like the 100,000 or the 10,000 at one time as much because our nation has had so much Christianity that people have rejected it. So the shakings have to come then people cry out to God once again. The goodness of yeah. God leads the goodness of God leads to repentance. Yeah. So we've had the we have the goodness, and now also the fear of God is going to lead to repentance. So the shakings have to come. The fear of God has to come on the population because we've had the goodness part, and now we've kind of shunned that. And, and, and you're saying the fear of God has to come, and so therefore we can expect to see. So what? again, big events that on the news look scary, but you'll yeah. be protected. Does God. that make sense? So, yeah, so like you. And in fact, the transfer of a favor 
wealth, influence might even increase on the believers that the remnant believers that are really walking in God. That's always the pattern you'll see in the midst of even persecution. Like look at 2020. How many ministries did even better when all that happened than the normal times? Somehow yeah, they, that was us. That was definitely Elijah's dreams. This ministry exploded. During, exactly. This would be like the years of famine, the years of truck. Turmoil, that's when God just exploded it. Now, I can only speak for myself, but I've heard of the same things, and you're describing that as well, I think, for yourself. So it's, it's, it's dichotomies, it's opposites. Like, well, look at the book of Acts. They were under severe persecution, taken to jail. Uh, the Romans, you know, the, the, the religious authorities were turning him in. And then it said in Acts 4, right? Look, look at the threats. Oh, God, give us boldness. But then it says that not one lacked anything among them. Homes and houses were given, and the gospel exploded. And you don't see that in Acts 2, but as the persecution increases in Acts 4, you see the, even the financial wealth transfer coming in, and it, people fear to join the apostles because, the, because look, Ananias the fire dropped dead. They were lying. So the fear of God came in the revival by Acts 4, not as much in Acts 2. And they were more blessed and prosperous and growing. Look, look at the Chinese church. They put all the leaders in jail during the revolution, and the underground church exploded. Yeah. So church prospers usually actually during times of, of persecution or hard times or crashes. Like the 1929 crash in America, people were jumping out of windows and the 30s revival started coming. So Crazy, sometimes yeah. Americans, sometimes some Americans today that are post-Christian, that when they were a kid, they went to church, but now they just live for the world. Right. Sometimes something has to hit them to wake up, you know? And so I think that's what's coming, unfortunately. But for us, we're in the Lord. You know, we're, we have protection. We can, and God shows us prophetically what's coming. Take your money out of here. Put it here. And he, he shows you stuff, and you'll be protected. Yeah. You just have to. You just have to know what's coming. Some people don't want to hear the truth, so they just only say nice things. Oh, it's all good. Everything's great. You know? Well, you know, don't you think? I mean, I'm. I'm not only am I in prophetic channels. I'm on patriot channels personally. Now, I don't. I don't ask any of my guest prophets to be on Patriot channels. I just, I'm on Patriot channels. That's my thing. And I'm, right. I'm looking at it and they're all expecting, you know, there's, there's terms out and about that say we expect a bunch of false flags right now by the deep state, the cabal. They don't want this. They don't want control of this world taken away from them. And, um, and so th they've got control of Kings and prime ministers around the earth. Some of these people, and they're fighting tooth and nail for it. Um, and so anyway, uh, it's going to be false flag events or scares about World War II. There's even been talk about will we end up seeing a, a nuclear exchange somewhere? I don't know if we will or not, but um, these things are actually possible. Yeah, but we can't live in fear. That's the big right. part. So when you watch the news, you have to really filter it because they, they say what could be, but they add the fear to it. So whenever yeah. you add fear, you make unwise decisions or you yeah. do something hastily like, oh, my God, I better just move to costa rica or something or yeah. something crazy no you have to hear the lord and not every region will be affected the same but yeah. other regions will prosper like crazy like look at like arizona texas and florida prospered during the pandemic because all the californians and new yorkers moved to those states with their money and so it was a terrible time but not for everybody at the same time yeah. Does that make but yeah. everyone will go through something but not necessarily everything at the same time yeah God's got it all worked out, you know. I asked Robin one time, how did God make this happen and that happen and this happen at the exact same moment, 30 years to the day of this one? And he, his, his response is, that Steve, that's why we call him God. You know, <laughs> there's, there's no explanation beyond yeah. that. So, uh, okay, let's, see. let's talk about, um, we were talking about this off the air, you're seeing all kinds of miracles and 
manifestations. I mean, seeing here, deaf ears open, souls saved, and somewhere along the line, we're going to be talking about translations and transportations and all that. So um, I'm going to turn that over to you and talk about some of the miracles you're seeing. And and I want to know, and I said this to you out the air, I want to know why that is so prevalent with you and your ministry and why other ministries are not tending to see as much of these. I'm not saying they're not seeing any of them. I'm just saying you've got it in spades. So talk about that too. So you want us to talk about that first? How, why? Yeah, I yeah. Well, either in any order you want. First of all, what are you seeing? And then right, uh, then why are, why are we, some of us seeing more of that ourselves? So, well, a key is when the glory of God's present, that's when I see the most miracles, signs, and wonders. And it's a whole thing on how to bring in the glory. And that's the whole thing. A lot of us run on just gift only or anointing only. Yeah. So it's limited. Once you bring in the glory, it, it's, the ex, it's the exponential. It's beyond your own anointing. Beyond your own faith, you start seeing stuff that you don't even have faith to see. Had someone just come up to you and say, could you pray for this? But it starts happening. So we've seen, like, for instance... Um, age reversal in a sense or body parts. So like I was in, where was I? Nebraska one time and I'm in a meeting and God tells me there's a man here, elderly. He's had several heart attacks and stints in his heart and heart surgeries. I want you to command his heart to go back 30 years in time. Wow. He's, he's in his early seventies. So I, I said it in Jesus name, I command, I didn't know who it was. And then I said, is someone here? Was that you? And, and I waited a few minutes, nothing, nothing. About 10 minutes later, a man raises his hand and tells me that was me. He had several heart surgeries, stints, problems. And not only did God heal his heart, he opened his, his uh, he didn't feel the stance, he opened his shirt, and all the scars and the incisions from all the operations were gone. Are you serious? Never, really? Truly gone? No, no joke. So I have a teaching in my book, I think it's called uh, Unlimited Glory, and how God has authority over time. In the like He commanded the sun to stand still, which governs time on the earth, 24. So age reversal, body parts renew, you know, Ezekiel 37, bones come back together, flesh came back on the bones. So in the glory, in the anointing, a lot of times you see healing. In the glory, you see creative miracles. Can, can you do this, um, Dave, too? Because, um, you know, we were all raised, and even the teaching on the anointing was new, but you're saying the anointing may not be enough if you, if you really want the glory. So can you define those terms? One time I saw the glory in a dream, but it was in a dream form, and it was this beautiful glow. What I felt was representative that the glory was there. So what's the difference between the anointing sure. and the glory? So the anointing, I, I consider it like a battery pack. You pray tongues, you you you, blah, 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 you get yourself stirred up in the spirit. Let's say you do an outreach in Africa or somewhere. And then you have a prayer. You're praying for people for a few hours after you store it up. But after a few hours, you, it's like your iPhone. It's going red on the battery. Warning, warning, you're running out of juice. Plug back in. And you feel that like when you're ministering for a while, sometimes you feel like, wow, you're, it's not there anymore. Like you need to. So that's the anointing. There's like a limit to it. Not to Jesus anointing, but you with the anointing. Yeah. And you go back to your. And if you try to prophesy past your grace, you'll be off. You try to pray for the sick past your grace, but it's not there. Sometimes it's, it's just you need to go sleep, you know, or, or but with it. So I, for years, I noticed that. But then I've been doing this over 30 years. But then when the glory, when I met Ruth Ward Heflin, a prophetess, yeah. carried the glory and I learned so much from her. I started ministering differently. Not only was I not tired, but I could go home and I couldn't sleep till like four five, six in the morning. I was so wired. Because the glory, and I started understanding Catherine Coleman, where she had so much she couldn't sleep, four hours a night. So the opposite was happening, where I could be on the stage for four or five hours, go home, and I'm still. And what happens wow. is I'm not I'm not using the battery like charging my computer, then going to Starbucks and using it for three hours, and it's dying. I'm literally plugged into heaven's battery power source while I'm ministering. 
So not only am I not tired, I'm recharged after ministering for four or five hours. Okay, so now, so now everyone's watching. I can just feel this. They're going, show me this. Show me how to get this because I want that. So you talk to people who are brand new. They've never heard you talk. Anyone talk about the difference between the anointing and the glory. Okay, you're, you're going to do glory 101. What are you going to tell people to do to begin to, to obtain this? Very history. simple. I'm going to tell them, go buy my book, Mysteries of the Glory Unveiled. No, I'm kidding. I'll, 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 <laughs> it's probably, they probably should, by the way, but go ahead. But, I, but I'll try to, I'll try to do a snapshot. So there's different ways to get into the glory. Okay. So the glory, one of them is praise and worship. So we know that. So I, I learned from Ruth Heflin, praise him, which is the fast breakthrough songs when you're alone with God until you feel a breakthrough. And then you do the slow worship songs. But what happens, you start feeling the presence of God. Some people right there start praying like a machine gun, all their prayer lists. And then I said, the Lord said, no, then wait on me. They that wait on the Lord. So I'll praise them, I'll worship him, and then I'll kind of have some background music, and I just kind of wait until I feel the sick, 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 sick presence. And often in that waiting time, from worship to waiting, I'll get a vision. I'll get, like in Israel, I'll get a, a map of Israel. He'll give me, call this person, do this, go. I'll, and that's the, and then and this makes it fun. You can spend hours now, prayers not work anymore. You're like, wow, this is great. Then I come out of that. And I'll start to pray, decree the things that I know God told me. Uh, but there's like this waiting. So there's that. There's also times when you fast and pray that but it's like a booster. It, 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 when you feel like your act is getting dull, then you, sometimes you need to fast and pray. And I don't mean, you know, praying and fasting in between your five meals every day. Like actually not eating while you, it could be a meal. It could be a day. It could be three days. It doesn't have to be always a 40-day fast. Um, there's that. There's, of course, repentance. If there's any sin, that's a daily thing. Usually it's the little things that ministers. Mm. So like you, like you get offended that someone said something, or or someone's copying your stuff, or or just little things that you get kind of bothered and you just hold it. And what happens is you get in the glory meeting, you feel so good, and two days later it's gone. You're like, what happened? There's leaks. So you got to keep the leak. You got to the leak is an offense that you held on to, for instance, and you didn't get rid of. That creates a leak. Or or let's say you're not a minister, you're watching and you go to church with your wife. And you're screaming in the car all the way, you know, and then you get in the meeting and the glory comes woo, and then you're arguing all the way back home and you get home. <laughs> oh, dear. It, it just empty. So the holes being filled. So staying under the, the moment there's sin, repent quick. Like, don't let your anger, if it's anger or whatever it is, don't let the sun go down on your anger because it builds a stronghold in you. And then you start noticing the presence waning, waning, waning. Then you're just left on gifting. Giftings are involved. You can be backslidden and you have a gift of healing, prophetic. You can be at a bar drunk. And I've seen ministers in sin, but still have a gift. So the gift doesn't necessarily mean God's approved of you, but to be in the glory, you actually have to have intimacy with God, live in holiness. So I always say, I'd rather have the glory explode in a meeting than even have a bunch of miracles or accurate prophetic words. Because I've been in meetings where I see accurate prophetic words, people laying hands on the sick and they say they're healed, but I don't feel God's presence in the room at all. And I say, well, how is that Lord? Because it's a gift off just the man or woman of God but when the glory's in the room, the guy in the wheelchair in the back can jump out and get healed. He's not dependent on the man. So Acts 2, they lay hands on the sick. Acts 4, Lord, stretch out your hands to heal. And it says, suddenly Peter's shadows healing the sick. So Charles, you're saying a one, a one at a timing, a one at a timing it, laying hands on someone and saying you're healed. That's fine. That's good. But the, but the whole room won't get healed that way. Well, yeah. when the glory's in the room, it says the priest couldn't even enter the room. The glory filled it. So anointing, it's you're really dependent a lot on the speaker. But when like the like the 50s, the man of power for the hour, you know, it was but in the when the glory comes, 
Like Charles Finney would come into a city on a train and they would feel the glory miles ahead of him. Farmers would wow. drop on their knees and repent and get saved, not even knowing who he was. So that Peter's shadow began to heal the sick. Uh, Jesus told the, the centurion, your servant is healed. And the guy was healed from a distance. So in the glory, there's no distance of time or space. Whereas in the anointing, a lot of times, pastor, come pray for me. Can you drive to my house tonight, three in the morning? My, we're having a problem. So, yeah. But it's, more, okay. so it's like uh, there's a lot more almost physical work if you're only dealing with the anointing or, or oh, gifting. Right? Wait, so. Well, that's why pastors burn out, ministers that go to burnout, or they go into sin. Like they could be really powerful. You use you here, and suddenly they're in adultery. Suddenly they're stealing money. Suddenly they're they're faking their prophetic words, but they were accurate at the beginning is because they, they kept running on gifting. And then they have, like, uh, people are expecting. So what happens is, uh, I think it was Benny Hinn one time or someone explained it. Your inner anointing or glory has to be stronger than your outer public ministry, which is your intimacy, personal time with God has to be stronger than your public ministry. If That's your public good. ministry gets bigger than your time with the Lord, it'll actually collapse you. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it makes so, total sense. You know, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a sobering thing. That's why I'm sitting there, I'm taking it in, I'm going... You know, you got to really. So the more you want to be used of God, like, oh, I want to raise the dead. I want to see crusades of a million people. And I want to go on TV and be on Fox News and CNN. Okay, you want all that. There's like Elijah, you ask a hard thing. Great. But are you willing to spend more time? So the more you get. So that's why the, the seasons in life where it seems like everything's happening great. And there's other seasons. It seems like things are slowing down. Use those seasons to go deeper. And the Lord, he's preparing you. And then you come out again. And it's just it's exploding. So the key is the personal intimacy time with God holiness, prayer, you know, just daily in the glory for yourself. And then it comes out in your public ministry. When people get so busy, the blessing can almost hurt you sometimes. You get so blessed to say God's using you. You're you're on the charts. Everyone's inviting you and you're going, going, going. But then you're not, because you're so busy doing stuff for God, you have less time with God to pray. Yeah. You're doing too much administrative stuff. You should be hiring another person. And, and then what happens is your spirit gets weaker. And when sin knocks on the door, you're tired. You didn't sleep for three days. Boom, you fall and you're like, what? what? How could I have done that? Because you're not in the word. You're not, you're preaching, but you, your first ministry is to the Lord personally. Yeah, and so I think that's the foundation where a lot of people go off is the because America, we're very success oriented. So, oh, I got to get more speakers, more anointing, more, 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 bigger meetings, more this, more that, which is fine as long as the core is strong. Yeah, I mean, if, if it sounds, sounds to me like, first of all, if you're going for more, 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 and you're not even doing that, stop praying that, right? Because you're going to come crash the thing down on yourself. If you want more and more and you're not spending the time with the Lord, and you're not taking care of the little things, it's the little foxes that smell. Yeah, that's you know, good. So, so uh, yeah. A lot, I, a lot of times it's insecurities. People have a insecurity from childhood, a rejection. The father didn't approve of them. So sometimes they'll use ministry as a crutch to feel important. Look, yeah. I had, and I know some of my minister friends will be like, Oh, I had this many. How many did you have? Oh, I had this many miracles. How many did you have? I'm like, wait, why are you comparing? So there's an insecurity they're trying to feel. So that means the Lord has to heal deeper. Yeah. Or you don't have to prove to anybody anything. Yeah. You're just happy to be saved and do God's. And so yeah. I would I would pray this when I was on the mission field for 12 years. He started really using me and revivals are breaking out. And I had the fear of God. I said, oh, my God, what if it gets to my head? What if? Then I yeah. said, Lord, don't increase me more. Um, it, with influence, fame, money, or power more than you think I can handle it. That's good. Because we, we think we can, but no man knows their own heart. That's really good. And you know, it's, it's got to be one of the rarest prayers I ever prayed, you know, because most people, you know, they just want the good stuff, you know, but you're saying, 
Don't give me more than you think I can handle, Lord. I'm serious. Because I want to really finish Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Yeah. Well, I want to finish the journey. I don't want to get big and then crash. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, they for, when I yeah, first okay. got into ministry and it was prophesying over people, you know, I was the, the early prayers are, Lord, use me, use me, use me. And eventually I'm getting worn out and saying, Lord, I'm just feeling used. And <laughs> isn't that what you just asked for? So, you know, you got to, then you got to back up. You know, I don't even travel that much anymore for ministry. I don't do that many conferences because it completely wipes me out. Totally. And, I, and I learned that I'm, I'm better off to sit here in front of this laptop, have yeah. my own quiet time, and yeah. then minister to the world through here rather than go somewhere and get completely. That, that's worn exactly out. what I'm doing. I'm doing, we yeah. do our own conferences because we know how to tailor it in a way that doesn't burn out and then we do the stadiums and we do the so I, at the beginning i was doing you know when i was writing stuff on elijah list i was just every week going which is normal at that seat it was a season now oh. it's more strategic i don't go to every invitation but once in a while i go i feel this conference is really strategic but i don't go to every little just then i'll just be running around burning yeah. myself not doing the main thing i'm called to do so yeah. i think it's just being content in the Lord. Like, I know how to do certain things if I want to be even bigger ministry than I am. I know certain people. I know certain books if I write it in a certain way, get on this guy's show and do and do it this many times. And th there's things you can learn to do and you can become bigger. But is that God's favor on me or is that just me manipulating it to get bigger? Yeah. That's yeah. the question. Yeah, you know, and then you, you've seen this and I've seen this. You've seen uh, people, they get a little favor from the Lord and then they try to help them out a little bit. You know, and then they make sure that when they they go somewhere, they get themselves somehow they get an excuse to go into the green room where the big boys are, and they do those kind of things. And all it's the like, time. I say all the time. Oh, I, I it's go it's like, a my own, media, my own media. I go, how did you get in here? What are you yeah. doing here? Yeah, and there's that thing called selfish ambition that brings about every evil thing. I think that scripture says selfish ambition, where you've got to be with the big boys, you've got to be have your picture taken. I'm not saying I, I don't have any problem with people taking pictures with. Um, their yep. ministers out but if that was a m manipulative thing so you can put it on your thing and, and be important that's not good so well, that's the most, you know i guess what i with me what happened was because that we were in france there was a lot of persecution so nobody was trying to be famous in france in fact if you were famous you, i had the, i've had the police come a few times in my meetings and the muslims come after you so it was not a desirable thing to be known you wanted to be under the radar so i guess i brought that when i came to the u.s i'm not under the radar now but but I don't try to be, I just let the Lord open the doors, not try to manipulate your way. And look, you know what the solution for that is? I think in America, it's going to be persecution. <laughs> so the, the bigger you want to be, the Apostle Paul, right? He goes, we're the, he was the most famous, but we're the most shunned. We're considered the scum of the earth. We're, so the bigger you are, the more help. So this is what I say. How much persecution, um, rejection can you endure is the level that God is going to be able to use you. So young guys come to me and say, David, I want double what you have. I want triple. I go, really? Are you sure you want this? Yes, I can handle it. Okay, okay, Lord. I pray double the persecution I had to go through, double the rejection. Wow, you did that. Go, oh, yeah. And they go, stop. I can't. No, I don't want that. I go, well, then you don't want it. Because there's a, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. So now I pray, Lord, just give me as much as you think I can handle. Because I don't want to go good. through unnecessary trials just because I prayed too big a prayer that God wasn't after me. So that's kind of, I want to enjoy the, like I'm enjoying life every day. What, if I'm out praying in my patio or I'm in Pakistan or I'm in Israel, I'm just, I just love, and I see a lot of ministers in striving mode. They're, they're really being used and known, but you see with them in the green room, you talk to them, they're not happy. They're like struggling. They're exhausted. They're mad. They're, they're just, everything's bothering them all the, all the time. And they're picky. 
I don't want to be like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, ministry. Yeah. Let's see. What do I want to ask you here? Oh, talk, talk about being transported. Any any stories you have? Because that's on your yeah. list here. Uh, oh and, yeah. 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 Talk about that. So this has happened about probably five six times. So the first big one was we were in France. We had to drive from the Normandy, which is the north, wait, northwest France, all the way to the northeast France near the Belgian border to preach from one to another. It was like eight hour drive, seven, eight hour drive. And a guy was driving us and we were worshiping in the car and laughing and glory was in the car. And suddenly we were there in an hour and a half. It's physically impossible. You mean it is from eight hours to suddenly an hour and a half, like flight time? Yeah. That's flight time. Like, we were there. I don't know how. And another time it happened, um, going from Paris to Brussels, Belgium. It was about a three-hour drive, a Friday night, and my car broke down because I put the wrong gas. Someone had given me a Mercedes, a used one, and I put a regular instead of diesel because I forgot. Amer oh, American. wow. So the car dies, right, coming out of Paris on the outskirts. Tow truck picks it up, and he, the, the guy's an atheist. You know, I said, well, I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. The car's going to work. He goes, well, I'm an atheist. I said, great. You'll get to see your first miracle. I just told this French guy. They go, oh, he didn't believe me. He emptied the gas, put the right gas in, and it worked. And he's like, well, then I called the pastor. Pastor, I'm going to be late. By that time, it was like 7.30. The meeting started half an hour ago. I said, Pastor, I'm not going to make it tonight, but I'll be the next two nights. I'll come at the end of the meeting you preach, so they'll see that I'm there, and then they'll continue coming. He's all right. So I'm in the car, worshiping the Lord, the glory. And I always say this, your, the, your, the molecular structure of your physical body can literally change in the glory, the molecular structure. Suddenly, I start feeling lighter and lighter, like you feel when you're soaking. And I was like, oh, this feels so good. And I wasn't praying about what I'm going to preach because I'm not preaching, right? It, it was just me and the Lord, intimacy, just enjoying him. And so it's a three-hour trip. In 45 minutes, the exit to the church was right in front of me. I never saw the sign, welcome to Belgium. I never saw the, the checkpoint thing. I was like, what? I, I didn't understand. Maybe I miscalculated. I pulled up at 7.30, and he go, and the pastor's leading worship still. No, I, saw, no, I left at 7. I'm sorry. I left at 7, and I think I showed like 7.45. I mean, I wow. was no worship going on. And he goes, how did you get here? You, did you take a, a flight or a helicopter? I said, no, because that's impossible. And when I realized I was transported, but I've never been able to do a round trip. I, I always yeah, think, oh, is that, that whole transport thing, is that like suddenly the boat was on the other side of the, of the Sea of Galilee when Jesus, is it the same thing? In other words, uh, yeah. you said the molecular structure. Do you think there's something that happened in physics or did God just say it's done and nothing had to I happen? Think, I think it's both because... The, your physical. So when Jesus was resurrected, he went through the walls. Remember that? Yep. Yep. Um, I, I, another time, I was in bumper to bumper traffic in Paris to go to the police station because my secretary had used our rental car and got a ticket, but my name was on it. So this is stupid stuff. So I had to go quick and get there. And we were late. And it, you can't be late with the police station for your ticket. And it was, it was one side of Paris to the other. I mean, it's impossible. We're not going to make it. And in like 10, 15 minutes, boom, we were there. It was bumper to bumper traffic. And the lady who was with us was another lady, a friend of ours. She's a seer. And she saw us going through the metal arm, the she car. Did. And another time um, in Montana, we had this meeting. This bus of, or a van of uh, church people came with pastors. They got miracles. They're all happy. They drive back to Wyoming. And this was on one of the early Sid Roth shows I did. They did a reenactment of it. And the, all of a sudden, they hit a horse trailer head on. Oh, like, my. Ah. And a police officer would watch the whole thing. He was parked on the side. And they closed their eyes and they went through the metal. The officers saw them go through each other. So what happens is in the glory realm, the glory is an expanded realm. So when you say you worship for an hour and the presence starts coming, and if you're prophetic, you can see the miracles, the body parts. They're like in an expanded form. You can't see them with your eyes, 
It's like a computer screen where you blow it up to 200%, right? It's there, but you can't see it. No. And when you put it back to 100%, it's there. So what happens is that your body, like Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm a thousand times bigger when I'm in the spirit. So really? it's expand the realm of glory. And then like, like I'll say a body part, I'll say in the name of Jesus, uh, this person's getting this body part. So it's in an ethereal expanded realm, you can't see it. But when I speak that, it becomes a compact solid matter and it's in the bones there and the tumor's gone and the, and the body parts created. So what creates body parts? Glory, Genesis one, in the beginning, the spirit or the presence, the glory was hovering and there were two sound and I spoke. So sound plus glory equals created solid matter. Wow. Wow. So that's all that's all in the book. Now, now, when you, when, we're going to give people to order that, by the way. And when you uh, so all of these transportations, I, you're not necessarily saying that in each and every case, you made sure you were in the glory first before this happened. Right. Didn't some of those just happen because they happened? Pretty much every time it happened, we were in the glory because we had been prayed up to go to a meeting and we were okay. late. Okay. New Zealand, New Zealand, all these sheep crossed the road and we couldn't get to our meeting. And we're like, oh my God, we're so late. And we get into praying tongues. Oh Lord, you know, get this sheep out of here. There's no sheep dog. Finally, sheep dog showed up. It was an hour drive and we were there in 15 minutes. I, the guy said, this is a little side roads. And again, this, so it seems to be like Philip, he prayed for the Ethiopian eunuch and suddenly he was gone. Yeah. yeah. So it's like God needs you to be somewhere. It's very important to his kingdom. But I always have to drive all the way back. I said, Lord, why can't I get a round trip? He goes, because you don't need it. You don't need it on the way back. But I needed you to get there. You're done. Say, it was fun. Can't we just do that again? No, it has to be necessary, I guess. And it never, uh, it never happens when I say, in Jesus' name, be transparent. I never do this. Do this um, to, I mean, I don't know how you talk about the upcoming crusades here, but do this. Um, whether you do the Ruth Heflin variety or your own remake on that, you know, praise until blah, blah, blah. Tell people, give a people a recap to get the glory. Get, tell them again how to get the glory in their lives. Or at, at, a, at a given, they're, they're, if they said, let's say, I want to stay here today until I get the glory, to at least begin to feel the glory. Tell them what to do. Well, be desperate, not just yeah. hungry. I was desperate. For okay. I, like, God, I have to have this because I administered so much. I'd been burned out. I got to have some pressure. So if you're desperate, it's one. You know, atmospheric pressure on clouds which creates rain. If there's no pressure on the cloud, it's, so your pressure is your hunger, your thirst. Uh, praising him, lock yourself in the room. Say, Lord, I'm not leaving here till you come. That's the way. And praise him, worship him, you know, until the presence comes, then wait on him. And then repent of anything you know of that would block it. And then make that clear. And then just spend time with the Lord. Talk to him. See what you can see. Wait and kind of start enjoying, like not in a hurry, like, Oh, I just have a one hour prayer time. No, like just make it a whole, whatever it takes, you know, clear your schedule and just lock yourself in with the Lord. And eventually you'll start to tap in so much so that sometimes you don't realize how much the glory is on you. And I remember in 1990, I read Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And you yeah. might not, you might like him or not like him, but there, the principles yeah. were there. He spent six hours or so with the Lord. So I said, I'm going to do that. I was really young. So I locked myself in my room for like five, six hours a day. My wife was like, what are you doing? And I said, honey, don't worry. And then I go to Chicago to preach. And I'm just, I, I don't realize what's on me because I'm so used to that level now. I go preach and paralytic arm, my first paralytic was healed, arms are healed, like, and I wasn't praying for miracles. I would just pray, I want to know you, Holy Spirit. I would just lock myself in and I could start sensing it increasing on me. And sometimes you don't realize it's on you because you're so used to a realm of glory. Like when you first got slain in the spirit, you don't get slain as much later because you can hold, you, you can, you're used to, so it's kind of like that. And just 
hungering, praise, worship, um, fasting. But here's the big one, going where the glory is. That's really how I caught it. Going where the glory is already moving is the fastest way to catch it. I went to Ruth Heflin's camps. I went to different revivals. I sowed into it. I, I blessed those ministries that were, I was part of them. I was, I was just so. So it, you mean literally get on a plane if you have to, go to where you know the glory is. And that's a shortcut. So and, and then maintain it with the stuff I said. Because look at the book of Acts. What if they didn't show up to the upper room? Like, oh, Jesus paid for everything. I don't need to go. They, they wouldn't have gotten it like the ones that first went. You know, so when if God's really moving, a real move of God, go. If it's happening nearby, that the pride thing is, oh, I don't need to do God just come to my house if he wants to do it. Like Asbury's. I went there. I'm still hungry. Yeah, I went you to did. Yeah, you did. And, and I received something. But others went, oh, I don't need to go. Well, then if you're desperate, you'll go. That's I yeah, think that's, the- that's that's huge. Talk about for a minute, because uh, I've heard for years and years, practice his presence, practice his presence. I mean, and, yeah. and, and someone will say, I do that. And I, my question to you is, is that the same or is that different than getting his glory? Is his presence something different and unique than the glory? Or are they kind of sort of the same? So there, there's faith, anointing. Presence, I think, to me, precedes the glory. When Josephus, okay. when Josephus wrote about the destruction of Jerusalem, it said they could see people. Could, when the Romans destroyed it, they physically saw the glory begin to lift and then the presence begin to lift. So, and so oftentimes you feel the presence start coming in when you're worshiping. I feel the presence. It, to me, it's a little bit lighter, but it's it's starting to come. But if yeah. you wait a little longer, then it's the thick glory. The glory means kabod, the weight of God. So when the weight thick, like thick, like smoke, like when it's thick, thick, that's the glory. But the presence is like you're starting to feel the beginnings of it. But some people stop short in the presence, kind of like outer court, inner court, holy yeah, court. Yeah, yeah. Getting closer, but some people don't want to go all the way in. Because it's if, if the press, if the glory begins to fall, and you and if you're feeling the weight, and I assume you want to really make sure you get it, you're feeling it heavy. Um, what's the what is the experience as far as um, do you get to walk out of that building and it's still with you? Talk about that yeah. for a second. So then it's then it stays with you, it becomes part of you. Okay. The glory becomes part. So I decided once I reached that level of glory. When I was with Ruth Heflin, I said, oh, my gosh, Lord, I didn't even know this existed. I thought I knew. I, I even taught on glory, but I realized I was really coming in and out of the glory, not understanding it. I said, Lord, and that's when I started doing all the books on glory. I said, I want glory more than because if you're in the glory from the glory, people get saved. Why do they get? Oh, here's why they get saved. Easy. In our meetings all have sin and come short of the glory, not of a healing, not of an anointing. So glory can come in a meeting. Like those two Arab girls, I didn't prophesy to them. I didn't heal them. I mean, Jesus didn't heal I Just they sensed the glory and they were drawn to it. I have an unsaved people get saved from other countries, never heard the gospel. And they said, that's what I was looking for. Really? How, do they know, how do they know they were looking for it? Because before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you, the spirit part wow. of you, glory. Then, they wow. get, then, they, then they're born and they don't know what they're looking for. They, and then they find it. They go, that's what I was looking for. So glory helps in evangelism. Really good, really good. Okay, tell tell how to get your book, and then we're going to have you talk about your crusade yeah. real quick. Yeah, you can go to thegloryzone.org, and I okay. would start with, or yeah, or davidherzogstore.com. Either one? Out. Yeah, I, I would, uh, yeah, or the, if you go to thegloryzone.org, then you can see everything, what's going there on. There it is, there it is. The yeah, and so this first book, I would, I would read this one first, because this one helps you shift from anointing to glory. Then I have glory invasion, and that's kind of like the quantum, I talk about quantum stuff, like, how did Jesus go through walls? How does metal plates and people's bodies turn back to bone? 
like, well, Jesus turned the water to wine. He commanded Moses to speak to the rock and turn to water. So all that stuff. And then my newest book is uh, Limitless Glory. And I talk about how literally you can see a future event and bring it into the present. And that's a another higher level of glory. Well, do you like recommend you said, these? Do you recommend these be read in that in order that they're written, or can or can they be re read? Uh, no, they can be read. They can be read completely separate because they're not like trilogies. Okay, but that's just the order that I wrote them, so it does help to understand better if you read them that way. But I people just read the latest one and still got you know blown away, and God used them, and they start learning stuff. Yeah, I I mean it just depends how hungry you are, you know. Yeah. It's like which which your kids you like the best? They would say, which is your best book? I go, oh, they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Which one is the best? Well, Sounds good. All right. Well, listen, let's talk about the uh, what God did in Argentina. Anything that you want to say there? And then uh, about is there any crusade you want people to know about that's coming up? I do see yeah, you have so, a, a Pentecost sir. glory one, right? Yeah. So Argentina uh, went over there. They're, they're believing God to re- turn the awakening of the 1950s when tommy hicks came and he started the stadium events and it exploded the guy who invited me his dad was in the early part of that he's mentioned in all of the books he's my translator so we and then the 80s they had another one with anaconda or the 90s i think and caught a freeze and all those guys now there's not really a revival we go over there we're testing the waters every night in this big big like uh civic center half the crowd and one night three-fourths of the crowd came up to get saved more unsaved than saved just running up immediately when the glory came, plus the miracles. So they said, David, we need to come back in next year, early next year. We, they want me to do five stadiums in 15 days. Oh, my goodness. And that's exactly kind of what kicked it off. So we're believing and hoping that well is redug and it starts another end time awakening. We have a conference. Uh, we're doing a stadium in um, Pakistan again in October for at least 200,000 people or more. And then we're doing one in Kenya in November, over 100,000 people. We're doing one in Israel, uh, an outreach in Israel this summer. And then this weekend coming up, like this weekend, 25 to 28, we have a Pentecost Glory Conference. So if you want the glory, you want to get refilled, recharged, you get sent, I definitely say to come or at least watch it online. But okay. and, we just, and this is our first meeting that we'll have done since we got back from Israel. So we're going to release the blessing from Israel, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, revelation, and prophetic of what's coming in the next few months and weeks and how to prepare. So it's going to be... You know, in the Bible, when they gather, the Bible commanded them to gather during the feasts. That's yeah. why they got, it commands them, but it's a commanded blessing that you get. So imagine if they didn't show up at Pentecost in the Bible, they would have missed out. So the yeah. feasts are yeah. gathering times. And so it's Shavuot, which is also Pentecost, where we're supposed to gather. And God says, if you gather, a certain blessing he promises to release just by gathering on a certain, and that's a seasonal portal. So and, the that's the May, and that's the May 25 to 28 conference you're yep. talking about. It's the Pentecost yeah. Glory Conference. You're doing it. You're intentionally doing it during the feast days of Pentecost. Because exactly. okay. we notice there's an open heaven. It's a seasonal portal versus a geographical. It's both. It's, it's, our place is full of glory, and it's a seasonal, so double. Sure. Very, but very I want good. To well, well, listen, any, 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 any last minute thing you want to tell anyone before we adjourn for the day? Yeah. Um, keep praying for Israel. Yeah. Because the Bible says to pray for a piece of Jerusalem that it will go well with you and your nation. So if we pray for Israel, God will bless America. Pray for Israel's salvation, God will save America. Whatever we do for that nation, the Bible says, comes back on us. That's why I'm so into Israel, because I'm into America. I want America blessed. I want us to be saved and protected. So I say that. And number two, souls. Go for souls, and God yeah. will bless you, which is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, all of the above, I guess. You know, I, I, By the way, I wanted to say this thing you said, pray, pray for the— Peace of Jerusalem, is that the one you just quoted? Uh, yeah. Uh, that it might go well with you? 
You yeah, know, that they, I'm, I, I tend to be a student of, of where God makes promises of rewards or good. I love this one where it may go well with you. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you, that you'll live long uh, on the land of the Lord. And, and there's all of these types of promises. I think a, a Christian is kind of like lost it if they read those and don't do those things. Because yeah. he's telling you, what does it take to go well with you? Well, honor your mother and your father. Well, my father was an abuser. Figure out a way to honor exactly. him. Like, well, how about say, well, thank you for my father, because without him, I wouldn't be here at all. So thank I, you. I you know, totally agree. You know, figure out and a also, way to honor him. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I say also there's levels to that one you just quoted. That's your physical parents, but also Israel is our spiritual parents. Oh, that's the, really good. The Jewish apostles gave us the gospel, so we owe it back to them to help them. And some say, yeah, but they're in sin. They're not saved. They, they have Tel Aviv has, you know, sin and they're so religious in Jerusalem. It's still your parents. Pray that That's they good. gave you salvation. Yeah. We owe it back to pray for their salvation. So there's the, your parents, definitely, even if they're good or bad. And then there's all kind of levels of it. So you, you got, yeah, that's, why, yeah. that's why you're so blessed because you, you're honoring everybody. Well, yeah, and I, you know, it's like it's not that hard to do. It's not that hard to obey some of those commands when you realize it's that, you know, uh, then you have the things that please God without faith, it's impossible to please him. So that means faith is just kind of like you want to please God today, do something that required faith, you know, it'll please him. How, how do I know if I please God today? Well, did you exercise faith when you over something? Yeah, well, yeah. you pleased him. You made him really happy today. Steve, so, have you ever thought of writing? Have you ever thought of you writing a book on all the blessings that it brings when you when you? I like, haven't thought talking? of that. I, I probably should. Huh? That's I, just, I, I thought would be, I think it'd be a really good book. That'd be good. I should do that. I should do that. So, hey, David, it's really, really, really good today. I, I hope we'll have you back many more times in the future. So, God bless you. Did you you talked about everything, right? Did we miss anything? We got it all. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a little list here. What's, it, what's God going to do? World. Oh, the, oh, the last thing was just basically Romans 11. The key to world harvest is Romans 11. Paul said, "I magnify my ministry by making the Jews jealous and saving some of them." And he's called the Gentiles. So every time you go to Israel and reach the Jews, he would get in trouble. They get mad at him. He went a few. Then he go to the Corinthians. It explodes. Ephesus explodes. Rome. Everywhere he went, huge crowds of Gentiles saved for the few Jews that he got saved. So it's a harder mission field. It's more expensive, as you and I both know. But the little that we do there causes exponential harvest in favor. So if you want to win souls, pray for Israel to be saved and support that. And then God will bless your mission field. That's good. All right, David. God bless you. Quick reminder, everybody, that Nathan French will be with us on Thursday. So don't miss that. that since you're seeing this on Wednesday, <laughs> tomorrow is Thursday. So don't miss to see you in the morning then. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks again. See you later. Bye -bye. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.